So far as the GA are concerned, in this matter, it's nothing to do with the individual teams. This is to do with the GAA protecting its own rules, protecting its own reputation. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Jess Kelly is with us. Jess, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. So uh, Cameron's also with us. Hello. Good morning. Um, I might start with Cameron here. You set up the piece that we did with Michael Darren McCauley mm. and Amy McGee. Um, how old are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, young. So your target market. Yes. Yeah. You're I'm buying in smack in the in the demographic that um, Andrew Tate uh, and other people like Jordan Peterson are after. Mm. They're they're the ones trying to sell you stuff. Yeah, yeah. Basically, right. they're trying to sell me their vision of what I should be, that I'm not really... I'm not up to snuff in terms of being a manly man. Um, My condolences. Yeah, I I'm mean, sure you're, it, I rank I'm not yeah. sure you'll ever recover. No, and, you know, yeah. It's a, it's a tough road, but I, I think I've made my peace with it. Um, but, yeah, we set up the piece because, um, I suppose, Andrew Tate is very much in the news right now with uh, the stuff going on in Romania. Why it is that he appeals so much to young lads, really. Um, what kind of brand of masculinity they're putting forward. Uh, why it resonates, what's going on in young people's lives, and especially young males' lives, that means that Tate becomes this kind of prophet. Okay. Uh, and obviously this is all happening exclusively on social media. Mm. Yeah, there are some uh, live in-person events, and obviously uh, it's getting amplified by WhatsApp and Telegram and the other various messaging platforms that you may or may not um, have on your phone. So, Jess, mm. how does this work? Well, like it's interesting that you, you kind of say that Andrew Tate's in the news at the moment. A lot of the damage that's been done, and a lot of this pushing out of messages has been going on since before TikTok was popular in this country. He has had a huge audience for such a long time and he's had it on multiple platforms. And the key thing that's been consistent throughout all of them is his message. And what's happened is he has longer form pieces and then they get chopped up, as often happens with a lot of content, and the hot takes get pushed out on social platforms. He uses money to sponsor them, to push them out, to ensure they're getting before the eyeballs of his target demographic. And that's one of the brilliant things with social media platforms is when you're advertising, you know, when you go through the steps to put up an ad, it'll ask, who do you want to target? So you could target 18 to 24-year-olds living in Offaly, you know, it doesn't have to be in the, on the island of Ireland. You can pinpoint who you're looking to talk to. So if you're doing that on a global scale, looking to target a particularly young, particularly male audience, you can do that. The message gets out and it then becomes like a catchphrase. It's kind of like, and it's not the same at all, but like when I was younger, everybody would go around saying, saying like family guy quotes at each other. It's, it's, it's whatever your uh, sort of friends and your age group are into, that becomes the sort of common parlance and that's what everybody says. And what we're seeing now is the news has caught up uh, and, you know, there, there are charges um, against Andrew Tate. But this has been going on for such a long time. And what's really interesting, and I spent a good bit of time over the last few days reading through the terms and conditions of all the different social media platforms, they will all say that they have pretty much a zero tolerance policy when it comes to misogyny or hateful, hurtful content. Uh, but not only has had he been allowed to do this for such a long time, you now have fans reposting the content 
and as of this morning at half seven this morning I went on TikTok and I looked and hashtags relating to Andrew Tate had millions and millions of searches so hashtag Andrew Tate band had 10.6 million searches and Tate Andrew had 35.1 million searches there are also different variations of that then there are videos that aren't getting hashtagged at all but the content is still there despite TikTok having banned him from the platform okay so uh they they're essentially saying we're a little bit powerless they're they're kind of uh you know no so what they're saying and i can tell you exactly what they're saying because i've been onto them right so i was on tiktok and what they said is that their community guidelines specifically highlight misogyny as a hateful ideology that we do not tolerate on tiktok content that violates this policy is removed from our platform andrew's andrew tate's uh, account was banned months ago see the issue and i don't want to be putting the onus onto everybody else because we know that these companies are very very powerful they have a whole lot of technology they have a whole lot of people working on content moderation but the issue is people like the four of us in this room, if we see something that we don't like, we can't just touch. We can't just do items on radio shows and internet shows about it. You have to report the content when you see it. And that's what they're, that's what all of the platforms that I reached out to have said makes a difference. Now, it's very frustrating as a user when you do report content and you get an automated reply three seconds later saying we didn't find any violations. But that's essentially how you catch and try to trap the reposting of the content that's there or the content that's uploaded without hashtags because if you think about the amount of videos that go up every single day never mind every month or every year it's a pretty gigantic task I've noticed on YouTube reels especially recently like getting a lot of Andrew Tate videos I've never searched his name mm. I've never searched Jordan well, Peterson's phone, name your phone's listening to you yeah the phone's listening probably so right now to us totally, talking about yeah, him yeah. but like you know the way on Twitter you can click not interested in this tweet yeah. or unfollow this or mute this person or whatever. It's quite simple. But mm. is, it, is it similarly simple on the likes of YouTube Reels or TikTok to, to just go, I, I don't want to see this anymore? Yeah, so there are a few different considerations here to, like all of these companies, and without talking about anyone in particular for a second, all of the companies take a number of factors into consideration where the, when they're deciding, when the algorithm is deciding what goes before you. So it'll be things like your uh, age, things that you've watched before, uh, whether sometimes it could be based on things you've searched, other videos that you've interacted with. It doesn't matter if you watched a video and you hated it. Mm. If you watch the video for a certain amount of time, the algorithm will take that as a positive sign and it'll feed you more of that content. Even if you watch videos of people trashing this type of talk, chances are the next video you get or two videos down will be something related to it. So as smart as these algorithms are, they don't necessarily understand your feeling or sentiment towards it. If you look back to what the Facebook whistleblower Frances Haugen said um, numerous times in different interviews and different hearings, she said that Instagram or alleged that Instagram and Facebook took negative content as a positive because it got more of a reaction from the user. So content that would elicit an emotional, negative emotional response tended to get more traction. And I'm not saying that that's happening on all of the platforms at all, but I'm just saying that that allegation is out there. And I think, you know, you know that people hate watch things all the time. People are probably hate watching me now and they're going to have a go in the comments. Like that's what people do and that's fine to a certain extent. But... 
the specific nature of the content that Andrew Tate and his followers and his fans are circulating is incredibly dangerous. When it comes to what you can do to block it and so on, so Instagram um, have a number of things that you can do. So you can block hashtags that you don't want to see within your settings. Now, I was playing around with this this morning and I didn't find it as straightforward as it potentially could be. The same has to be said for TikTok as well. But you can go into your settings and you can mute certain phrases, you can mute certain hashtags so that they don't pop up. And um, also then on TikTok in particular, if you comment, follow, like, or have a significant watch time on a video, that all registers as a positive interaction. So you're more likely to see that content again. So like from the research that I've done, it's not as clear and as easy to block content as it should be. I know Instagram, because I interviewed them a while ago, they've done a lot about protecting younger people on the platform, um, particularly around like, you know, anorexia and any type of eating disorder uh, content. They are very, very good at shielding a lot of that from younger people. But it's not as straightforward as it should be. You know, you should be able to go in saying, I don't want to see content like this ever again. Um, but in a lot of the statements that I've received from the companies, they're saying that we endeavour or we try to um, take that feedback on board. Is it not true that those sort of bans on certain people who are putting hateful content out there work, Jess? I mean, we saw overnight that like Trump is back mm. on Instagram and Facebook. And it feels, I don't know, from a personal point of view, that he became a lot less relevant over the last couple of years because he wasn't on social media. So like, why did they feel they can reintegrate these people back into it with these supposed guardrails when clearly it doesn't work? <laughs> yeah, I think it, it comes down, it's such a tricky one, and I don't envy the people making those decisions. In relation to Trump and uh, the meta platforms, he was banned for two years, and they were saying that, you know, an assessment, I think it was Nick Clegg came out and said that they did an assessment and they found that he was no longer deemed to be a threat, um, and that the public should be able to hear what politicians are saying. So Donald Trump will now allow, be allowed back on to Instagram and Facebook. If he goes back, we don't know. But there's that debate around freedom of speech, right? And you can't just ban people that you don't like what they're saying. It comes down to what's harmful. And I think in relation to Donald Trump, eventually it was deemed to be harmful. And uh, so he was removed. He was suspended. Um, as far as I know, um, Andrew Tate has been permanently banned from multiple platforms. So he won't be able to come back. And Instagram, I, I believe, have... Uh, they're keeping an eye out basically for any other accounts he may attempt to set up. But what you have now, like I went on Instagram this morning and I was searching around and you have like Andrew Tate fan one or whatever it is, reposting the content and then also trying to sell me merch as well. Mm. So as much as Andrew Tate's the problem, it's also the people who are following, who are buying into it, who are repurposing and reposting the content. And, you know, misogyny is obviously dreadful and it's one big issue but there are probably a million other examples of people posting other really hurt, like hurtful, hateful, dangerous content about a myriad of issues that aren't getting attention at this moment in time. Um, so it's a tricky one. Must be so tough for parents of, say, young boys who are like, you know, maybe not tech savvy, and yet they have to actively, before they give them a phone or a tablet or whatever it is, you know, tell the platforms that they don't want to see these hashtags or these people or these accounts. But you can't, as you say, they can't, a lot of them are fan accounts, so you can't hide all of them. They all just pop up. So I, I, I feel so sorry for parents who have maybe no idea what to do in this situation. Yeah, it's it's really tough. But 
like I've been saying for years that like no kid comes out of the womb holding a phone or a tablet, right? It's yeah. something that's given to them. And I think once that happens and they get to a certain age, there has to be a conversation. But also the parent can't just go, oh, I'm not tech savvy. Like that just doesn't cut it anymore. Like we're all interacting with this technology. And if you don't know how to navigate it, you need to get on and try and figure it out. Like there are so many resources out there to try and help parents. Webwise.ie is a fantastic one. The ISPCC.ie has a fantastic portal for parents. And not only does it give you sort of screenshots on like how to do this, it also has sort of question prompts for, you know, if you're an awkward parent and you don't know how to have these conversations with your kids. They have prompts and suggestions for how to get the conversation going and talk through what they're seeing. But this isn't one of those things that you can kind of either pretend isn't happening or kick the can down the road. Because if they're not seeing it themselves in social media, they're going to hear it in the playground. And like I have nieces and nephews and I know that they come home sometimes hearing things that the siblings of their friends are saying, like the older siblings of their friends are saying. And it's not age appropriate. It's not okay but it does happen. Um, and I think that's always been the case, but particularly content like this is so dangerous. But I do think we need to ask the question of, you know, w- like what need is it fulfilling for all of those young men who are following it? Like it's, it's a wider societal conversation that isn't going to be fixed if TikTok or Instagram or Twitter goes away in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Definitely would help though. <clears throat> Definitely help to put a lid on it. Like I think the, the platforming of Milo, for example, that guy just completely disappeared off the face of the earth, largely. Um, uh, Andrew Tate's still massive on Twitter. They're still obviously happy to, to take the money. Um, but is it not the case so that the people who are looking for this type of leadership or this type of direction will fall into a trap somewhere else along the road? Like, look, I, I, I completely acknowledge that the rabbit hole of social media is super dangerous. Like, we've all seen, like, QAnon and all of those different groups and the danger that comes from people just living in these little echo chambers. But I do think that if these platforms are gone, you will still find these groups will co- come together in different ways and it will, you know... Much smaller groups, much much more difficult to organise. I, I think the, the radicalisation of um, QAnon, for example, mm. has been facilitated and accelerated and yeah. amplified by the ease at which... So you used to be a lone lunatic in a small town and now you realise that uh, there are hundreds of you all across the country and all of a sudden you're meeting and marching outside politicians' houses because you found all the other local racists and uh, uh, the only way to do oh, okay now it's too late like mm. there are a million messaging apps um, that people can use to do that so th- that genie is never going to go back into the bottle and in fairness we do have to address the reasons for the lone lunatic who is mm. uh, radicalised into being a complete racist Um mm. But like the the problem is pervasive. Like it's as you say, uh, you're you're talking about your nieces and nephews there in primary school. This is a primary school issue. It used to be like a secondary school issue. Or um, no, I've, like I've read articles about um, like secondary schools in the UK and the US who are holding seminars now to try and de-radicalize all these young males who bought into the Tate philosophy, mm-hmm. which is really really yeah, obviously really troubling. But it just shows the potency of the brand of you know masculinity slash misogyny slash sexism that he's pushing and one of the things he does with his Hustlers University seminar series is tell guys to be controversial and everything you put out there 40% of people need to hate it for it to be good that's the point and it's like he's he a lot of people have questioned whether he's really intelligent as he thinks he is but he's completely gamed the system 
and that's why it's so prevalent. Yeah, but I think there are other figures, and without naming them, but there are, like, even just within the world of sport, there are other very, very, very famous sporting figures who would put out that vision of, like, machoism and what a man is and how you deal with people and all that kind of stuff. So, like, as much as I acknowledge Sandra Tate is a problem and there's no question that he is, it's not just one person. It's the wider conversation of... Like a few years ago, we were all having conversations about mental health and everyone was so open and encouraged to talk about it. And now if somebody says, oh, I'm feeling a bit anxious, people just roll their eyes and going, oh, she get over yourself. Like we get bored of these conversations. This is in the news at the moment because there's a bit of drama, there's a bit of jeopardy and people can go and find out information online with the touch of a button. So it's great. But what happens in six months time when this case dies away, but then those kids who are maybe nine or ten now are 11 or 12 and they're passing it on to another group of kids. So it, it, it goes beyond just one person. And I do think we need to have these kind of conversations. But the, the part of the issue is as well, like if we post this out later on, are we going to call it Andrew Tate? Is it going to be part of the Andrew Tate content that's out there? Mm. Because a lot of the videos now that are on TikTok and Instagram are people having conversations like this or who are playing snippets of his footage and calling him a douchebag or whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, uh, Try not to boost the signal. That's uh, one, of the, one of the takeaways from this. So this piece will never air again and no one will ever see Bye it. everybody. <laughs> Did this piece even exist? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Jess, good stuff. Thanks a million. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 